The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now, your hosts, Jess Navarez, Aisha Morrison, Kelsey Charles, and Jane Slater. Welcome in to Girls Talk, Boys Talk. I'm your host, Jane Slater, joined by Isha Morrison. We've got Jess Navarez, and we have got Kelsey Charles joining us remotely. And I'm really excited. I love bringing on smart women onto the show. We already have a panel of three here that I get to sit next to during the week, but we've got Madeline Burke. She is the Giants team reporter. I've got a lot of questions as it relates to Kayvon Thibodeau. Is he going to be back? They have another edge rusher uh, who was their leading tackler last year. And then I'm so curious about what's going on with Kenny Galladay. Uh, Monster contract, fairly benched. We thought he was going to be a deep threat. They're going with Sills instead. So on Wednesdays, we love to preview the opponent. We're going to talk about it here, and then we'll ask her a bunch of questions. But Cowboys are 9-1 and one against the Giants since 2017. Six of the nine Cowboys victories have been by 14 points or more. Cowboys won both matchups in 2021 by a combined 39 points. The last time the Giants entered a matchup versus the Cowboys with a better record than Dallas was Week 7 all the way back in 2015. Now, I know there's been a lot of talk this week. It's one of my favorite uh, predictable headlines. Uh, I think it was, God, who was it this week? He was on ESPN talking about Dak needed to learn some things from <laughs> Cooper Rush when he came back. Look, I tend to disagree. We haven't seen uh, Cooper Rush go back-to-back in career starts. Remember, he had the start last year. He had the start this year. I did ask Mike McCarthy this week, are you at all concerned that teams get enough tape on him? You're going to start to see his tendencies. He said, yeah, I mean, that's that's real. Uh, interestingly enough, I did get this in my research packet from the NFL Network. Notable Cowboys starting QBs with their first career, two career games the last 20 seasons. Who would you think has the better record? I'll go around the table. Rush, Prescott, or Tony Romo? <laughs> By the tone of your voice, we're going to... Rush. <laughs> Rush, 2-0. and Passing yards per game, 280. Romo had 277. Get out uh, Three touchdowns for Rush and his one interception tied with Tony Romo. Passer rating, 93.6. Second only to Romo's, 97.8. Okay, but like, this is amazing, and this is exactly why I always tell people, I'm like, you can't just take stats and like read off of it. I, I, I'm so guilty of this, but I'm like, it's hilarious just hearing that. Yeah, I and know. It's, it's all true. It's 100% true. But, like, sure, he's played two games. But he I looks know. amazing, so, like, I'm happy for him. <laughs> but, yeah, that's the moment in time for sure. We should just hang that on his wall. Like, make a plaque for him because that can't last forever. Well, and look, this Cowboys offense is not starting off as hot as they did last year. Uh, if you look at the offense, they're ranked 31st in the league with just 11.5 points per game. But, guys, that happens when you only scored three points in your in first. first so I anticipate that this will improve, particularly because we got some good news uh, today. You know, yesterday they decided to waive uh, undrafted rookie Dennis Houston. And as I said on the NFL Network today, 
in most cities, you don't care about an undrafted rookie who's mm-hmm. had, what, two catches since yeah. he's been here. But it's said to us that they are opening up something on the roster, and that something very much feels like Michael Gallup, who they said they are mm-hmm. giving a full slate this week. Um, they wanted to see him get in another padded practice. He was working his way up into team drills. And I've said this for a long time. I know that they consider CeeDee Lamb their one. I, I have just watched Michael Gallup quietly get better every single year. And if you get the sort of production you get from uh, Noah Brown this week, and then, of course, you get CeeDee Lamb, who we saw start to get going there yeah. in the fourth quarter, this could be really good for not only Cooper Rush, but this offense in general. I should, yeah, I should. and we were talking about, you know, last week, I felt like in the Bucks game, I really felt like they knew that the Cowboys didn't have, like, a vertical threat. So when you start talking about Michael Gallup, he does stretch the field. He is that guy, that down-the-field guy, use the boundary guy. So it's gonna, it should make CeeDee Lamb's job easier as well because I'm seeing him get more success in the slot right now. So I think that it's going to play you know, a role in both. And also, Michael Gallup got some respect out here. So people yes. aren't going to just be sitting there like, oh, let's just not worry about him. No offense to Noah Brown, but that's just how things get down. So, yeah. I'm excited. I also think, too, it's it's going to be interesting to see the amount of workload he gets as they mm-hmm. do integrate him back into the offense. Mm-hmm. Because I think, um, you know, we're so excited for the return that he's coming back that we're, we're kind of losing sight here of he's not going to be – as heavy of a presence at first as he will later on in the season. So I'm I'm excited to see him back, first of all. I think he has a huge, huge threat, especially when it comes to those third downs, which I, I just think he's your clutch player for mm-hmm. those kind of things. And, and I think um, what's going to be interesting to see is how much more of a workload he gets week to week to week after he does return, because I don't expect to see a full Michael Gallup show come, you know, the first week of his return post-injury well and yeah Kelsey it sounds like he is well I was just gonna say and Kelsey yes to her point I think it sounds like he's gonna be on a pitch count uh, coming back of course yeah I mean I for me I'm just excited for me personally like I I think Jane you know better than anyone Michael Gallup's a great guy and I think looking at history for a minute you 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 try not to become like fans of fans of players but you can't help it with a guy like Michael Gallup and this is a person who we weren't even sure if he was going to be on this team last year, right? Yeah. And then he gets injured, and everyone's like, oh, well, that's the nail in the coffin. Like, he's definitely not coming back. And, you know, as we all know, that's not how everything shook out. And and honestly, good for him, because I think that he's been one of the most underrated receivers and players on this offense mm-hmm. as a team for the last couple of years. How many times we talked about Michael Gallup being, like, trade bait, right? I mean, I just don't think that people have put the respect – that he deserves on his name. And so I feel like this is a chance for him to say, like, listen, like, yeah, you don't have the guys who are the namesakes in the NFL on our roster right now, but, like, just give CD and I a chance to show you what we can do. And I feel like we're going to have some fun if they actually can make that come to fruition. Well, just think how different they are from a mentality standpoint from guys we've had the best. I mean, even just going back in recent years, Cole Beasley – he mm. barks, which, by the way, how about him signing with the Tampa Bay Bucks? Uh, <laughs> visiting with the Giants, too. Right. Yeah. Bees- Beasley barks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce Butler mm-hmm. would even, mm-hmm. you know, talk his talk. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Des Bryant. You, uh, Terrence Williams was probably the quietest one of that group uh, back in the day. And so this is – I remember talking to someone, uh, one of the coaches, and they literally said this is one of the quietest, quietest rooms that they've had 
which is why they really wanted to go out there and, and try and find some of these other dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was some hope that maybe Jalen Tolbert might be that. But it sounds like, you know, it sounds like they've answered the question on Jalen Tolbert. <laughs> they were asking him to play three different spots on the field. He was coming back from injury, and it just felt like it was a lot. I get the sense that even with Dennis Houston coming back, which interestingly enough that I, I felt like other teams might have picked him up, but they didn't. He cleared waivers. He's on the practice squad. Um but you get the sense, obviously, because of Jalen Tolbert getting picked as high as he did, they're going to find a way for him to get on this roster eventually. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think in terms of Cooper Rush getting some of these weapons back, it's huge. Because mm-hmm. especially if you get this uh, this running game going, which yes. we'll talk about mm. after we have Madeline Burke here, who's going to join us after the break. I really want to get into the running game and what the vision is for it and how we saw just a glimpse of that last week. But ladies, let's go ahead and throw this one to a break. We've got Madeline Burke from uh, the Giants joining us on the phone because I know sometimes Cowboy fans don't get the get the time, sometimes we don't, to scout the opponent this early in the week. But she's going to give us all of that coming up. But first, Girls Talk, Boys Talk brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation, so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Dear past, present, and future football watchers, you know why we're here. The football season is back! Woo! And since that's too amazing to miss a single second's worth, Pepsi is officially giving you permission to always put football first. Like, maybe those in-laws are back in town. Well, better hope they're football fans because your Sunday is completely booked. Long story short, crack open a Pepsi and don't let anything get between you and your football watching. With love, Pepsi. Made for football watching. That's what I like. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and Cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel? Attend the best tailgate party in Texas? Tour the star and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome 
Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, join former NFL players on our first game day minicamp presented by Invisalign. Drop the kids off at Ford Center on October 2nd from 1130 to 330 while you watch the Dallas Cowboys and Washington Commanders game from your favorite restaurant at the Star District. To register your footballer for camp, just visit DallasCowboys.com slash academy. All right, guys, what I love about this show is I've told you not only do we have a female producer in Jasmine, we've got Kelsey Charles, Aisha, Jess, and myself here, but I love that, you know, I started off in this business back in 2004, and the press conference room didn't have a lot of smart females mm. in football, and I've slowly seen over the years, particularly in the last five, a lot of really great girls step up. And one of them, who I think is one of the brightest stars, is Madeline Burke. She is the Giants reporter, host of the Giants post game live on MSG. You can also catch her on M uh, NFL Network from time to time and hoping to get you on our team at some point, <laughs> Madeline. Uh, but thank you for taking the time because I know you do about five million shows. Uh, but I really want to be able to scout the opponent. Giants are a different team than what the Cowboys have faced in years past, already as many wins in two weeks as they did through seven weeks last season. Uh, they had an 0-3 start last year. Their first win didn't come until week four. Two wins, two close games. What's been the difference maker for them, Madeline? Well, when you put it that way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has been a while. I mean, the Giants haven't had a 2-0 and start since 2016 and really haven't had a record above 500 since 2016. So this is something that this organization used to be used to, but it's been a while since they've had this kind of consistent success. And again, we're early. It's only two weeks into the season, but starting strong, as you know, is always a good thing. And I think really, if you look at these two games, the key has been Number one, the defense, right? Wink Martindale's defense has been incredibly pivotal in the Giants' success, but also the fact that, you know, these games are, are some of the games that the Giants would have lost in years past. I mean, mm -hmm. they've come down to whether a field goal and it's just, you know, a, a lucky moment for them or kind of coming back out of the ditch, you know, going into halftime down 13, nothing in week one, and then being able to fight their way back and stick together and that stick togetherness and that kind of fight and that, that commitment to seeing it through a lot of that is just a hat tip to the coaching staff, to Brian Dable, to what this entire coaching staff has been able to instill in this really young group um, and kind of getting them to buy in and believe in what they're doing. And having a couple wins doesn't hurt uh, in that buy-in process. Okay, yeah. So what do you think about how much they're getting Saquon invo involved now? It looks like... He's kind of turning back the clock. He's obviously had some injuries this last couple of years that have kept him off the field. What do you feel like they're doing involving him, and what's the you know what's the feel of how much he's going to be involved in this offense moving forward? Yeah, Saquon's just an incredibly talented player, and it's just been really unfortunate the amount of injuries, as you mentioned, that he's had over the last couple of years. Um, last year, especially, you know, it took him eleven months to come back from that. Uh, ACL injury. He gets back on the field. He's finally starting to feel comfortable in his body again and just has that freak accident, rolls his ankle, and has an ankle injury to deal with. So that's a pretty big like mental hurdle on top of the physical hurdle there. Uh, but ever since the spring, Saquon has been excited, eager, healthy, and also just expressing just how good he finally felt in his body. has been so far removed from that knee surgery, so far removed from these injuries, and he was so eager to get back on the field and show people like, hey, the player the Giants drafted 
is still here and is still possible. And so week one, getting in there, getting almost 200 yards from scrimmage was a really you know refreshing thing for him to see last week, of course. You know, we saw uh, he was a little bit more limited, 72 yards rushing, but of course, still very involved. And I think that, you know, this this team, this organization still looks at him as a really strong part of this offense. And what he's able to do when healthy, which he is healthy right now, is something special. And it's it's really fun to watch him kind of just commit to the run and and uh, and move the chains a bit. Hey, Madeline, so I want to switch things over to the defensive side of the ball after watching the Giants games. I think something that was really noticeable was the Giants defense commitment and physicality to getting those those strips, making sure they're trying to force those turnovers and getting all of the fumbles. What would you say other than that is really one of the biggest threats that the Cowboys offense is facing with them? Yeah, I mean, that's a great observation, too. They're really kind of focusing on getting takeaways. But also, Wink Martindale has said from the start, he wants his defense to dictate. Rather than to react to what the offense is doing, he wants to force the offense to react to what the defense is doing. He wants to force the offense to adjust to what the defense is doing. And he's, you know, disguising pressures. And I mean, you'll see a safety in the A-gap, and you'll say, okay, what's, what is this? You know, you see the personnel on the field, and it doesn't necessarily dictate what the coverage is going to be because it, it, the way he uses players and the versatility of a lot of these players. Um, you know, we've seen Jihad Ward on the edge. He lined up at nose tackle when Leonard Williams went down last week. He's all over the field. Julian Love, another Swiss Army life, knife player who's all over the field. And I think having so many players on defense that can play so many positions has really helped just the versatility and the multiple looks of this Giants defense under Wayne Martindale. Okay, so Malin, I have to ask you, you just talked about dictating you know, play and not being reactive. Dare I say this franchise has been forced into a state of reactivity over the past couple of years. There really hasn't seemed to have been a lot of continuity. And I think, you know, if I'm looking at the quarterback position, which has been a, a really big area of emphasis, a lot of ups and downs for Daniel Jones in his short career in the league, you, know, you you have a, a coach like Dable who came from the Bills. You know, you did you could credit him for the creation of Josh Allen into what he is today, which is nothing short of an incredible feat. And he's awesome, he's awesome player. So I, I saw a comparison this week to Cooper Rush being the backup quarterback, with Daniel Jones being the guy who plays like a backup quarterback. Do you feel like that's a fair analysis? And, and do you feel like having a guy like Brian Dable in the building? is going to be really helpful in the true development of Daniel Jones? You know, I, I think that, yes, to answer your question, yes, Brian Dable will absolutely be helpful, as well as the offensive coordinator Mike Kafka, who's widely credited for the development of Patrick Mahomes, who's also pretty good at the quarterback position. Um, and I think that, you know, having both of those guys work with Daniel Jones will be extremely helpful for him. But listen, it's hard for any player, especially a quarterback, to grow in his role with so much change. And not just change in your offensive coordinator and your head coach, but change in the skilled players around you, change in your offensive line. There's been so much change around him that it's hard for the game to speed up for anyone, really, when you're readjusting and and refocusing every once in a while. And I do think Daniel Jones has some really incredible talent. But again, all people are different people. And could he take that Josh Allen leap? Could he take that Patrick Mahomes leap? Perhaps, maybe. But again, 
you know, it is early in the season. It is only week two, and I think we've seen, um, you know, some consistency with him so far, but there's a lot of room to grow and a lot of room to evolve throughout the course of the season. And I appreciate that this organization is giving him the opportunity to do that and saying, hey, we believe in you, we trust in you, we're going to ride with you, and let's see how this goes. You know, obviously you were there, Madeline, when it was Jason Garrett and Joe Judge, and there were just such horror stories. I mean, Mark Colombo was up there, and I remember one of the stories was about, you know, making the guys run and how that didn't sit well with a lot of these grown men that feel like you're sort of treating them like college students. I saw this interesting quote from Julian Love, you know, basically from Brian Dable, that he wants guys to send it. In other ways, in other yes. words, play fast, free without worrying yes. about playing perfect. They're open to winning and learning. And it feels so much like when Dan Quinn got here with the defense, the mentality on that side of the ball at least changed. And these guys started mimicking the coaches. I know there's a situation with Kenny, Kenny Galladay, which we'll get into here in a little bit. But have you noticed a different vibe around there? And is that the reason why we're seeing a – success from these this Giants team early on and can we trust that success I think that that is a perfect quote with what Julian Love said earlier about hey he wants us to send it it's like what he said to Daniel Jones he wants him to let it rip and he wants these players not to be afraid to make mistakes especially on the practice field but in general right if you're if you're so worried about doing everything perfectly, you're not going to try to step out of your comfort zone. You're not going to try something new. You're not going to say, hmm, I wonder if this is going to work because you're so worried that it won't work and you're so worried about making the mistake and what the repercussions are about that mistake. Brian Davis wants his players to pr- play free, play comfortably, and that includes saying, hey, you know what, I understand there will be mistakes along the way, Uh but it's growth, right? It's like when a t- toddler's learning to walk, he's going to fall <laughs> quite a bit, but then you got to learn to walk. You can't learn to walk without falling. Uh, it's the same thing. You want to learn, you want to grow as a football player, as a team, as a new office. You're going to fall a few times. You're going to make a few errors, but that's okay because in the grand scheme of things, you're playing free and you're not worried about making the mistake. You're focusing on making the play. I want to follow up real quick and I was a little confused that they signed Jalen Smith again um, (laughs) because I didn't get the sense that that experiment went well last year. Was this a desperation sign, Madeline? Because as you talked about, they are loading up safeties there in the box. They've shown like a six DB front. I mean, Wink has been getting pretty creative. But if you're looking to slow down the run in Dallas, obviously it makes sense to sign a linebacker like Jalen Smith. Do we anticipate seeing him Monday? Because I know he's on the practice squad is there a chance we see him up on Monday? You know, there's always a chance, right? <laughs> there's always a chance. Who knows? They are, you know, again, the Giants are still dealing with and sorting through a few injuries. Um, he, you know, he did play last year, I and he, he played pretty well with the Cowboys, too. And so whether it's, it's you know, bringing him back for that effect or bringing him back to, you know, just to, to be a part of the preparation. That remains to be seen. But, you know, he was back there today. He's back on the practice field. I think, you know, it's early in the week to decide or to decipher yeah. whether or not he will be. But he is wearing number 54, which is uh, Blake Martinez's old number this time around. So last that year was he his was number in Dallas. Yeah. And now he's wearing 54. He's probably so. excited about that. Yeah, he is, that, yeah. that was his number in Dallas, Madeline. So I'm sure he is excited. 
<laughs> a guy that just didn't watch a lot of tape in Dallas, according to a lot of my people. And you, not, and you noticed it when you saw him play. It was so reactive versus proactive. Oh, the business. Ooh. Um <laughs> So I wanted to. I ask, wonder if they could work that into his contract. Yeah, like, right. Oh, like Kyler. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh no, y'all, y'all are shady. Man. Today. I'm not being. That's that's. Go ask anyone. I mean, it's true. I mean, if it's true, it's true. I'm just like, dang. That's true. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you about what is the feel for Evan Neal? Um, I was taking a look at some of the snaps he got at right tackle. It doesn't look like there's really any particular depth behind him. So it sounds like there's a lot of responsibility on this young guy to come in and perform well. It looks like he's having a little bit of trouble um, with some of the speedy edge rushers. Um, how how what is the energy in the building with like his improvement and how he's playing so far? Well, I mean, he is a rookie. It's only Check. two games into his career. I mean, he's a huge guy, naturally gifted. Mm-hmm. He's also somebody who prepares and, and takes care of his body like a vet, right? He, you know, not just doing the the tedious calisthenic work and work and all that. He loves, you know, always in the ice bath afterwards. He's just very um, professional with the way he approaches his craft and his practice and his taking care of himself. And I think what I would point to also is, I mean, look at Andrew Thomas, the Giants left tackle, who at the beginning of his career, people were thinking, you know, they got the wrong guy. He's this so guy is trash, blah, blah, blah. And now through the first two weeks of the season, he's the highest graded offensive tackle according to PFF. So that growth kind of comes with playing time and comes with uh, experience. And, you know, it is early in Evan Neal's career, but he is focused and determined and, and he says and does all the right things. And I think this organization believes in him and it's going to give him the opportunity, like we talked about earlier, to say, hey, you know what, you're going to make a few mistakes, but I'm going to, I'm going to let you grow from those and let you learn from those and, and believe in you. And so I think we will see Evan Neal continue to evolve as a player as the season goes on. Also something I wanted to ask you, Madeline, because I think uh, Cowboys Nation can relate to this feeling as far as penalties go. I know that's been a very big thing for the Giants, uh, you know, really on both sides of the ball, but defensively specifically, uh, the Giants having 15 penalties the last two games for a total of 112 yards. What have you seen out of them that says they're getting more disciplined on that side of things and trying to avoid more of those penalties that really could have cost them the game both times around? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and some of those penalties are tricky, right? Like if they're calling the offensive pass interference on a pick route, it's like, well, how? Because that's the design of the route versus, you know, some things that are just a little bit messy and need to be cleaned up. And I think that's also just a reflection of being early on in the season with a new, you know, system and all of that. And I, you know, hope that they will clean it up. I, I do believe they will. Um, but I think it's just kind of early and getting the kinks out and trying to figure out, okay, let's make sure we're all on the same page here. Uh, again, I think that this is just one of those things that as the season goes on, hopefully this is a point of emphasis <laughs> that, they, that they shore up because, you know, I get it. Sunday is laundry day. We want to air it all out there with the flags, but uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not good for this team. We can relate over here in Dallas. That. That, that's like a phenomenal <laughs> I, I do want to stay on that side of the ball, though, because I see this Cowboys team, and a lot of people have been trying to piece together, you know, the offensive weapons that they do have, right? And it's a lot of guys that you've got a couple that you know the names of, but a few that you really don't. Well, the Giants have have a couple good names, right? And some people that they've paid in the offseason. Kenny Galladay is one of them. They brought him over to this team, and he was 
seemingly limited last week. So I'm kind of curious as to what insight you have into that. It looks like they're going with guys, a former collegiate quarterback, Kadarius Tony, you've heard about him, but what's going on with this wide receiver core and what can this Cowboys defense expect? Yeah, so Brian Dable kind of addressed this last, you know, earlier this week in talking about just the, the way that they're moving things around in that way. He said, you know, he wants players to be able to earn playing time. And David Sills, for example, is the guy who led receivers in catches last week, He got or in snaps last week, and he was on the field quite a bit. And he's a guy who has been a perennial practice squad star, just kind of trying to make the 53, uh, not last offseason, but the offseason prior. He flew down to Charlotte, North Carolina, and spent the entire summer just as Daniel Jones's shadow, just trying to say, when can I work out with you? Let me catch some balls. Has put in a lot of work to kind of build up, and, and it's shown. And I think the coaching staff has seen that, and I think they're saying they want to set a precedent that they are going to put the players on the field who are, you know, it's not a scholarship, right? It's not just because this is your contract you're going to play. Just because we drafted you, you're going to play. It's Yes, this is, you know, we drafted you, we paid you this or what have you, but also we want to see the work, the effort, and the ability to help this Giants team win. And the players each week who are the best fit for that are going to be rotated in and out. And, you know, the the personnel in week two is very different than the personnel in week one. And I anticipate it'll be very different in week three. And that's just kind of the way that Brian Dable and this coaching staff are, are doing things. And, um, you know, Kenny Galladay talked about it earlier today. He was disappointed. He wants, he said, Hey, I came here to play. I get that. That's what any, any football player would say. He wants to be on the field. No player wants to be on the bench. But again, if this is, you know, off to a two and zero start for the giants, so far, it seems to be working, and we'll see how this evolves and continues. This is why I love having you on the show, Madeline. Uh, I'm taking notes because I have Monday night football coverage for NFL Network, and I'm like, that's a good hit. That's a good hit. I'm going to research that. Uh, thank you so much. You're, I'm obviously such a huge fan of yours. I can't wait to see you uh, this weekend. My hotel is within walking distance from Madeline, so... Uh, we're going to have good times. Cannot wait. You are literally, they call me the Gronk of the NFL Network. You're like the Gronk of uh, New York. So I can't wait for us to yo soy la fiesta, Madeline. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so looking forward to it. Thanks so much for having me, ladies. You can follow Madeline Burke at Madeline, M-A-D-E-L-Y-N-B-U-R-K-E. She's a great follow and knows her stuff. And we'll have you back on again if you are interested, Madeline. Anytime, anytime. Always happy to join you. Thanks, Queen. All right. Well, uh, I hope you guys got as much information about the opponent as I did right there. We're going to break down the run game when we come back from the break. Some interesting nuggets from running backs coach Skip Pete about the vision that he has for his backs and what he wants that to mirror from past backs in the past. That is all coming up on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Sweet. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. 
Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. All right, well, Dallas committed to the run against the Bengals and came up with 107 yards, but it really helped the passing game, and specifically Noah Brown. If you guys remember, it was Brown who put himself in a position uh, just, you know, having Pollard there. It was a 28-yard grab on a third and 10, uh, thanks to Noah Brown there. And then, of course, then Pollard was able to punch it in. I caught up with running backs coach Skip Pete after the game in the locker room because they have talked about committing to the run. They kept telling us what we see for this offense is what you saw in the joint practices. So here's what Coach had to say about getting that run game going and where they want it to go. Coach, how did it feel to get that run game going tonight? No, it felt good. We figured that um, going into the game, we were going to have to run the ball a little bit better than we did a week ago. And, um, I mean, obviously against a defense like they have, it's going to be some dirty runs at times. And then just stick with it. And then over time, eventually, you're going to have one or two that may pop. Why do you think you guys were so effective tonight? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just basically the same place we've been running. Uh, you had opportunity to run them last week, and we stuck with it this week. And, you know, two of them kind of got out there. There were several that were, I think, eight or nine, but that's kind of how the game goes. Sometimes it's going to be three, 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 ten. But I mean, we stuck with it and understood what the plan was for this week, and it worked out for us. I know you guys have been talking about the importance of having Zeke and Tony Pollard on the field. Was tonight an example of why that, that works? Well, yeah, I mean, I've always felt that if you have guys that have two different styles, it kind of presents a little bit different look to the to the defense. I mean, Tony's obviously a little quicker than Zeke, but if you run the same plays, it kind of throws off angles of the guys that are coming down to make the play, like safeties and corners of that nature. So I think that happened a couple times in the game. But um, I just think, I mean, it was, it was all the, the players that did a good job. We, they understood what we had to do this week, and, and they went out and did it. Appreciate it, Coach. All right. Well, Skip really wants to see in Dallas what we saw from Marion Barber and Felix Jones. I uh, think the Raiders, who had Napoleon Kaufman and Tyrone Wheatley. One gives you acceleration. 
The other gives you a physical presence as a ball carrier, which, by the way, on NFL Network today, I called it Napoleon Dynamite. Heard that. Good times. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Long, long week. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bye. But, yeah, I would imagine this is an opportunity because for, through the first two weeks, the Giants have played two of the league's best in Derek Henry and Christian McCaffrey. You know, they gave up 93 the first week, 146 uh, the second. And I think if you can get Michael Gallup in the game, you've got Noah Brown going. That takes some of the pressure off of C.D. Lamb. You're having to pick your poison again, Mm -hmm. which is when this team was so successful a few years back. Um, Did you like what you saw from the run game, Aisha? Yeah, um, I I like that they kind of did a a trade-off, I guess you want to say, where T.P. would have a full series and then Zeke would have a full series. What I'm hoping for is that the situational run running is better as far as picking which back is the best for that situation. I feel like with this offensive line, this is a young offensive line, especially on the left side, some of the slower developing plays are not things that I think seem to be successful with the Cowboys right now just because the pass blocking is a gradual thing. So I'm looking at the run game and I'm like, okay, who is hitting the hole? Like with this specific defensive line, who's hitting the hole? at the point of attack the fastest. And I think in some situations you can say that's Tony Pollard. Like, they can't stop this guy at the edge. Let's keep going at them. Like, I'm really hoping that they continue to play the matchup game um, in this game and see, okay, which guy's having more success here, which guy's having more success here. But I do like the fact that they are being true to their word of giving Tony Pollard more touches and getting him involved in different ways. Um, you know, obviously that toss was crazy. I mean, <laughs> you're on the sidelines, you heard me like, hey, give it to me, man. They should have gave it to him. But I do like some of they should have But I like some of the creativity that they are showing there and also really letting them kind of play off each other. It seems like Zeke's going to be that guy that when you have that short yard, it's just go ahead, let him, you know, ground and pound, get these guys, um, get these defensive linemen and linebackers to come up and be tired towards the end of the game. This is, I think, in turn, is going to help this offense, you know, continue to run the ball and hopefully win time of possession for a game because that's something that they have lost the battle on this last two games. Maybe that's, this also opens up your offense more but also gives your defense a little bit more time to rest as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's key, too, is making sure that the defense isn't on the field the entire game Mm -hmm. and eating up that clock and that time of possession more and more. I mean, Zeke was averaging 3.5 yards a carry uh, against Cincinnati. Tony Pollard was averaging 4.8 yards a carry. So to me, it's effective. And and the difference between week one and week two was, you know, we were saying Zeke needs more than 10 touches, which that's what he had week one. He had 15 during uh, the Cincinnati game, and then Tony Pollard had nine. So I think it's very key for the Cowboys to establish the run game with this specific game because you do have Barkley on the other end of the offense. They're trying to establish the run with Barkley. And, I mean, it is it is scary watching some of the tape back of what he's able to do when he can pound the pocket. So the longer you can really... He cheats angles. I mean, if you were looking at, like, he was a lewd, like It's his legs. There was, one of, there was on one particular play, the tackler had him. But the way he cheated that angle... That's what makes him His lower concerning. body is so heavy that I'm sure he is hard to tackle. And it's so crazy to think. And he's like, fairly fresh given some yeah. of the injuries if you yeah. think about well, it. Well, and the yeah, point is, too, yeah. like the longer you can keep our offense, uh, the Cowboys offense, on the field with that run game, do not give them the chance to establish their run on the other side of things. Kels, mm-hmm. what do you think? I mean, honestly, I think that we just heard from, from the source directly where this is one of the first times that Barkley's been healthy in a while. And I think when he first came into the league, there were a lot of comparisons about oh, well, do you think he's better than Zeke? And, and his body has betrayed him and not allowed him to, to be a, a strong competitor in that fight. 
And listen, Jane, I think you have a great point. Because of those injuries, you could kind of consider him relatively fresh still, fresh legs. That's scary in a running back, you guys. I look at the tenure and the lifespan of running back. They start off strong and they kind of taper off. That's why you hear people saying, I don't want to pay my running back again. It's the exact opposite with wide receivers. So I think it's definitely something to be watching and looking at this upcoming game because he could very easily be very scary. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott has averaged 44.4 rushing yards over his last 10 games, fewer than 100 rushing yards, and 14 straight. That's his longest streak in his career. It's kind of wild. He's gone four straight games without a touchdown, his longest streak since weeks 12 through 16 in 2020. Love giving people uh, water cooler stuff there. Um so, yeah, I don't know what to tell you if you're looking which running back am I starting this week. I definitely think that Pollard gives you the burst. Uh, and, again, he's the guy that you want to accelerate, and you've got Zeke doing all the dirty stuff, the dirty runs, the pass pro. Uh, the pass pro. He's your physical bruiser. Um, but, yeah, I think they're going to rely heavily on this run game, particularly, like I said, against this, uh, this Giants offense that – I think when you look at what Christian McCaffrey was able to do last week and just their their run game in particular, 146 uh, rushing yards, I, I think that they can be effective if they stick to the run again. Yeah, and the line their linebackers will get caught looking in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, you make them, you know, make them have to come up and tackle. But I really think also too they're they're flying to the ball like we were talking about. Like they they are playing free, so do be looking for some of those defensive linemen to get upfield too much and to take advantage of that. They're also blitzing um, more than what I think they typically do. They're blitzing um, because they're it's, they're having trouble getting pressure from that defensive line by itself, just rushing forward with Thibodeau being out, with those gentlemen being out, Dexter Lawrence being out. So. See, we'll see also, too, if the Cowboys can take advantage of, like, if Cooper Rush can make them pay when they send more guys. Like, that's going to get them to back off as well and, you know, maybe bring some guys out of that box as well. And I'm particularly interested in seeing how Kayvon Thibodeau is going to go if he gets a start. Because remember, we had lofty expectations for Micah Parsons. He had a dynamic preseason. Remember, he didn't want to come out of that game against the Steelers. But in his first game against Tom Brady, he did struggle. Now, Kayvon Thibodeau is not facing off against a Dak Prescott. He's facing off against a Cooper Rush. Uh, but I am going to be interested to see how they look there. I'm also going to be very fascinated because Wink Martindale came from the Ravens. Obviously, what you're seeing from Dan Quinn defensively, but we you heard Madeline talk about they're not only are they mixing things up from an offensive standpoint, and I love the fact they're making players earn it, right? Yeah. Um, but the different looks that they're showing uh, week in and week out, that's got to be a little tough as you're looking at the tape and prepping to get a sense of what they're going to show you from a defensive standpoint. So I think this game is, and if you look at these two teams, it's interesting right now, it's come down to the kicking game, Mm -hmm. and it's also come down to their defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of been the story for the Cowboys. I think this is going to be, as much as we've talked about the NFC least and how, you know, I know you guys all watched the Eagles game and Jalen Hurts, what Mm -hmm. he was able to do with A.J. Brown. All of a sudden I'm finding this division more intriguing. Yeah. And that's why I think this Monday night football game is going to be real interesting. And you know what's interesting, too, is uh, usually I don't have this on my notes, but there's a little section that says similarities between the Giants and the Cowboys right now. And, yeah, first of all, the defense has really carried the teams for – both of the Giants and the Cowboys in week one and week two. You're seeing that on, on the Giants side as well. They both, the key is to establish the run for both of these offenses. And then special teams has yeah, been huge to, yeah, for, for them. Sure. So this game is hopefully tips it because 
I looking at the Giants, it looks like they will allow returners to kind of get busy. You had Kyle uh, Phillips. Um, he had four returns for 62 yards, averaged 15.5 yards a um, return. Chuba Hubbard tore them up, three returns for 75 yards. Um, Trenton Cannon kind of got at them as well. Like, we possibly may see the turn of the tide with uh, Kevontae Turpin this this game. It, but also, his returns mm. last game were huge. Even though they weren't a whole, it wasn't a whole bunch of yards, it was like 34 yards. He just let's needs see, to hold the ball. Let's that look is, for him. That is key. <laughs> yeah, but let's look for, I think since we're talking about how similar both of these teams are, yeah. what may be the difference maker is the special teams this week. Yeah. And particularly, I think the one thing they've got to look to as we wrap this one up, Kelsey, the Giants have been winning close games late, outscoring their opponents 7-3 to three in the final two minutes. So you don't want to get this one down uh, to the wire. <laughs> that sounds great. Daniel Jones is Tom Brady now. Don't give right. him two minutes. Exactly. So uh, I think it's, well, I mean, they're putting their kicker in a good position, too. Their kicker has been lights out. And I was looking at, let's, let's see what, they're, what I had for their kicker. He had... Four field goals, 13 points in the Carolina win. He had a 36 and 33 in the first quarter, but a 51 and 56 in the fourth. Hmm. Guess who had the, what was it? The 50 yard last week, Brett Maher. So it's, it is interesting it is. that they're trusting their uh, their kickers in this one. Money Maher. Exactly. Well, tomorrow we'll be coming to you right out of the locker room where we are likely to hear from Micah Parsons, who uh, reporters that were in there today, they switched the the locker room time on me guys full disclosure so i was an hour behind today so but it sounded like micah parsons possibly was getting some rehab but he will talk tomorrow we'll see how he's feeling and then obviously we'll talk to ezekiel elliott and get a little bit more into that run game and uh yeah it's gonna be a fun one on monday thank you for tuning in thank you madeline burke for joining us and we will see you on thursday bye kelsey bye this has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football club how about this cowboy yeah!